to the London Health Podcast. Hello, I'm JJ Dixburn, Program Manager for the Out of Hospital Project Homeless Health Program with Healthy London Partnership, here with Caroline Schulman, Co-Clinical Lead for the Homeless Health Program with Healthy London Partnership. Today's short episode gives us an overview about some of the most vulnerable people in our population, people affected by homelessness, and what a rapid survey tells us about their current needs. Caroline, can you please share a bit about your experience? Yeah, sure. So I'm an inclusion health clinician and researcher. So as a clinician, I've worked in specialist primary care, supporting asylum seekers, refugees, and people experiencing homelessness. And I've also worked within a multidisciplinary hospital team, supporting people who are homeless. I'm also co-clinical lead uh, for the Healthy London Partnership uh, in the Homeless Health Programme. So Much of my research has also included exploring and understanding the unmet palliative care and frailty needs of the population, as well as what's needed to improve equity and provision. Much of this work has been undertaken in the community, including exploring some of the challenges experienced by frontline staff and also people living within homeless hostels. I've also developed resources supporting joint training for multi-professional groups, which should be ready for national rollout over the coming weeks. Great, thank you. Can you give us an overview of what is known about this vulnerable population? Well, we know that people experiencing homelessness are dying young, often 30 years earlier than their housed counterparts. The average age of deaths of people who are street homeless or in emergency night shelters is in their 40s. It's so young. Yeah. And and so many of these deaths are avoidable. What is really important to recognise is that homelessness is not just a housing issue. People experiencing homelessness often have multiple and complex needs, often starting with early trauma during their childhoods. Many people who are homeless have experienced neglect or abuse and so often have significant mental health problems, suffer from addictions, often as an attempt to self-medicate and blank out trauma and often have profound physical health problems. They have a much higher risk of most long-term conditions than the general population, including strokes, heart disease, and respiratory disease for any given age. So from our research in homeless hostels, we found that there are a significant number of people with unrecognized and unmet palliative care needs at a young age. Deaths are occurring often crisis-led and undignified, with most people having no opportunity for advanced care planning. We also find that people with a long history of homelessness, which has included rough sleeping, are often living with conditions usually associated with much older populations. For example, in a hostel where the average age was 55, frailty schools were equivalent to people in their late 80s. Conditions associated with older people, such as cognitive impairment, Falls, weakness, were present in more than half of this population, with the average number of long-term conditions per person being seven. And yet, hostel staff, who are untrained in health or social care, often struggle to get adequate health and social care support for their residents. So can you tell me, where, where do hospitals come in? So many people, by the time they end up in hospital, are extremely unwell. Hospital admission can serve as an opportunity to prevent early death. 
And it's essential that this opportunity is seized and that people are not discharged back to the street or back to inappropriate, unsafe accommodation. I've just undertaken a very rapid survey to look at some of the people in six London hospitals that are being supported by a multidisciplinary pathway team. As it was done with only six hospitals, the findings are not representative of the Comprehensive Needs Pan London. However, there were 40 individuals identified by their clinical teams as no longer requiring the acute care of a hospital, and yet they were still in hospital because of a lack of safe and appropriate discharge destination. Now, the survey was conducted during a time when there was a peak in COVID cases, as well as other winter pressures. However, it highlighted several issues impacting on timely and safe discharge for people experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness. So out of this 40, we found a number of people with significant physical trauma as a result of accidents, suicide attempts or assaults. Underlying factors included mental health problems in people with complex trauma or immigration issues and a victim of human trafficking. There were people who have had strokes, needing specialist support due to their underlying mental health problems, people who have experienced significant brain injury as a result of head trauma or alcohol, early onset cognitive decline and dementia, frailty and falls, and a number of people with significant safeguarding concerns such as an untreated, uh, some, such as a woman who had untreated HIV in combination with addiction and sex working. In addition, there were a number of people with cancers, renal failure and other significant health concerns um, amongst people who had no recourse to public funds. So with no support from hospital through to intermediate care and the community, many of these people would be at risk of being discharged to the street and at high risk of dying. And this survey was only with those inpatients, so it didn't capture what was happening in accident and emergency departments or details on people who had already been discharged. So what can be done? So often people think the solution is just housing. However, the answer doesn't lie in accommodation alone. In order to prevent the cycle of deteriorating health and hospital admissions and early death, there is a need for joined up approach, linking health, housing and social care in hospital and into the community to help with these complex issues. There is also a need for these services to be truly person-centred and trauma-informed. Multidisciplinary or integrated teams within hospitals that have expertise in inclusion health with housing workers embedded into the team can really help to identify and start to build trust and to address these needs. But in order for this to work effectively, there needs to be a safe place of discharge where immediate needs can be addressed and a long-term appropriate place of care identified with adequate wraparound support in the community. Only by fixing the entire pathway can we address this extreme vulnerability, develop equity within the service and improve quality of life and prevent premature mortality. So the out-of-hospital programme has started to help this situation with more hospitals having multidisciplinary integrated teams, more step-down provision and more community support. But in order to continue to have an impact, these interventions will need to be sustainable and also expanded if we are really going to make a difference moving forwards. The complexity of need of this vulnerable population cannot be fixed quickly 
and long-term wraparound support in an appropriate place of care is what is needed moving forwards. Thank you, Caroline, for sharing this work. Um, we will share a link to the rapid uh, survey report for listeners to read through and hope it has offered some real time insights to the discharge experience of people experiencing homelessness in London and the work being undertaken to bring about lasting and enhanced change to the discharge pathway and out of hospital care and support for members of this population. Thank, thank you, Caroline. Thank you.